investigations and fluffy public interest pieces to news at mutinyradio.fm. We're always looking for writers and contributions. And check out our progressive news links at mutinyradio.fm. So tune in to Stranger in a Strange Land, Saturdays, midnight to 2 a.m. <laughs> Man, do you miss a Mutiny Radio show from your favorite DJ? Did you find out about a guest interviewed on Mutiny Radio a day too late? Are you wishing that you had a time-traveling DeLorean to listen to those shows again? Don't you fret. Simply go to mutinyradio.fm and listen to our podcast. Yes, it's that easy. Click on the podcast button and find your favorite show. Heck, click a variety of podcasts for a sample of all of our great programming here at Mutiny Radio. And don't forget to listen to us live on iTunes Radio under the Eclectic section. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Bar. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Fantastics Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. here in San Francisco, which is a good thing. And, uh... So I didn't want to bring my computer, in, you know, because it looked like it might rain. And it's still, the air is super heavy, and it may burst out. It. Tuned in to Mutiny Radio, and this is Labor and Love. 
welcome. Hope you had a good week, and I hope you had good work. Going to spend a couple hours today working the day shift with you, talking about labor-related news, opinion, history. You're tuned into Labor and Love. 20 years of schooling, and they put you on the day shift. Okay, Bob Dylan, of course, with the, the subterranean homesick blues. Good morning to everyone. This is Labor and Love on Mutiny Radio, Mutiny Radio, social justice radio for the Bay and beyond. We're here at 2781 21st Street, coming your way with labor news, opinion, history, Music of social significance for, by, and about working people. This is where we tell you that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, <laughs> probably on the menu. And third, Never, but never let anyone into your heart who's not a friend of labor. Let's hear Angela Davis here talk about breaking the silence. And finally, I want to, uh, you know, suggest that that we think about the larger picture. Um, the assault against affirmative action, the increasing conservatism. You know, I, I, th I don't think I'm going to forget the way those uh, buildings at the, that focus on the family complex look for a long time. I mean, that is, that is amazing. Uh, that is amazing. And it's not that, that we don't want to focus on um, our families. But the family is used in this um, ideological way. I mean, who is the real family, right? The real family is generally nuclear. Um, um, the father works. The mother's supposed to stay at home and be a good wife and mother. So the single mother is not, a, and her children, they don't count as a family. Um, there's a great deal of homophobia that is implied by that particular construction of the family. Uh, so that gays and lesbians who have families don't have, quote, real families, according to uh, these uh, people over there on the hill. Um, so, you know, I don't, I believe, I truly 
believe that those who are really committed to the kind of conservative politics that is messing up our lives today are the, major of the minority of people in this country. Oh, that was a slip. I hope that... Uh, <laughs> I mean, they look like the majority. But that's because the rest of us are relatively silent. And I want to urge every single one of you who have come out to uh, participate in this community-building moment to think very deeply about what you can do to make a difference. Thank you very much. said on this show we're all about music with social significance I'm tired of moon songs of star and of June songs they simply make me nap and ditties romantic drive me nearly frantic I think they're all History's making, nations are quaking. Why sing of stars above? For while we are waiting, Father Time's creating new things to be singing of. Sing me a song with social significance. All other tunes are taboo. I want a ditty with heat in it. Appealing with feeling and meeting it. Sing me a song with social significance, or you can sing till you're blue. Let meaning shine from every line, or I won't love you. Sing me of wars and sing me of breadlines. Tell me of front page news. Sing me of strikes and last minute headlines. song with social significance there's nothing else that will do it must get hot with what is what or I won't love you I want a song that's satirical putting the mirror into miracle Okay, that was uh, Rosemary June 
and uh, her song Sing me a song with social significance. That's the kind of music you'll hear on this show. Uh, part of a musical that was put on by the International Ladies Garment Workers Union in, I believe, the, the 1950s. Uh, one of the participants was none other than Barbara Streisand, who uh, sings some of the songs the album, album is called Pins and Needles. Good morning, everybody. On our show today, we have uh, our normal features. The Radio Labor Report, the uh, Workers Independent News Report. We're going to talk a little about a big strike in Sweden. Um, huge strikes, martial law in France. This date in labor history. Uh, this week we lost Helen Fabela Chavez. So we're going to talk about her as well. But let's have some more music. This is Annie DeFranco with her sidekick, one Utah Phillips.
songs, these old stories. Why tell them? What do they mean? When I went to high school, that's about as far as I got, reading my U.S. history textbook, well, I got the history of the ruling class. I got the history of the generals and the industrialists and the presidents who didn't get caught. How about you? I got the history of the people who owned the wealth of the country, but none of the history of the people that created it, you know? So when I went out to get my first job, I went out armed with somebody else's class background. They never gave me any tools to understand or to begin to control the condition of my labor. And that was deliberate, wasn't it? Huh? They didn't want me to know this. They didn't, that's why this stuff isn't taught in the history books. That we're not supposed to know it. You understand that? No. If I wanted a true history of where I came from as a member of the working class, I had to go to my elders. Many of them, their best working years before pensions or social security, gave their whole lives to the mines, to the wheat harvest, to the logging camps, to the railroad, got nothing for it, just fetched up on the skids, living on short money, mostly drunk all the time. But they led those extraordinary lives that can never be lived again. And in the living of them, they gave me a history that is more profound, more beautiful, more powerful, more passionate, and ultimately more useful than the best damn history book I ever read. And I've said so often before, the long memory is the most radical idea in America. Sing a song I made up for one of those. I never met him. There's one flop hotel left in Spokane, Washington called the Clem Hotel. I'd walk through the parking lot there on my way to the park. An old man sitting up there in the window, the grimy window, face pale like a mask of death, gazing down at the parking lot, perfectly motionless. I'd make a point of going through there every day and I'd wave at him. Finally, I got him so he'd at least lift his hand and wave a little bit. I went to the fellow at the desk in the hotel and I said, I want to meet that man. He said, he won't let you into his room. He's afraid of the young jack rollers. He's afraid of the young ones on the street. It'll knock you down for your little bit of pension money, for your little bit of VA, your food stamps. So he's got a spike ball handle behind the door, and he won't let anybody come in there, but that he'll attack you. Well, I made this song for him anyway. I, I don't know if it's his whole story. It's not gonna be mine. I sure hope it's not gonna be yours. gifted with. The time was 1960, the place, the USA. February 1st became a history-making day. Greensboro across the land, the news spread far and wide. Silently and bravely, you took a giant stride. He the Tennessee, Denver, Colorado. 
magic still was fed Though they locked their coffers God was always served Magic is afoot God rules Alive is afoot Alive is in command Many weak men hungered Many strong men thrived Though they boasted solitude God was at their side Nor the dreamer in his cell Nor the captain on the hill Magic is alive Though his death was pardoned Round and round the world The heart would not believe Though laws were carved in marble They could not shelter men Though altars built in parliaments They could not order men Police arrested magic And magic went with them For magic loves the hungry But magic would not tarry It moves from arm to arm It would not stay with them Magic is afoot It cannot come to harm It rests in an empty palm It spawns in an empty mind But magic is no instrument Magic is the end Many men drove magic But magic stayed behind Many strong men lied They only passed through magic And out the other side Many weak men lied They came to God in secret And though they left him nourished They would not tell who healed Though mountains danced before them They said that God was dead Though his shrouds were hoisted The naked God did live This I mean to whisper to my mind This I mean to laugh in my mind this I mean my mind to serve till service is but magic moving through the world and mind itself is magic coursing through the flesh and flesh itself is magic dancing on a clock and time itself the magic length of Buffy St. Marie with uh, her song Magic is a Foot in this case equating magic with the life force with the relationships between human beings with those rock bottom feelings we have with which we see and experience the world Buffy St. Marie And then before that, we had Sweet Honey and the Rocks, tribute to the brave young men and women who um, did the sit-ins during the, what's called the Civil Rights Movement, which of course is still going on. (laughs) 
um, and to all the young people everywhere who stand up for what they believe. And finally, before that, we had Utah Phillips and Annie DeFranco, and Phillips effectively uh, gave the argument for labor education. Why should we have labor education anyway? Well, because in our regular history courses, what we hear about are the generals and the industrialists and the kings and the rulers um, and not regular working people who built this world. So very eloquent Utah is, as usual, talking about labor education. Now let's look around a little. What's going on with uh, labor movement and labor campaigns around the U.S.? This is the Win Week in Review, Workers Independent News. Workers Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten says Hillary Clinton's history-making achievement of becoming the first woman to be the presumptive presidential nominee of a major political party reaffirms the promise of America. Weingarten says Clinton's vision and her journey stand in stark contrast to the Republican Party's nominee. A coalition of Los Angeles labor and community groups have come together to fight Department of Homeland Security plans to deport thousands of Central American immigrants. Stop separating families, said federal agents are stepping up arrests and deportations this month of those who had their asylum claims denied. Ernesto Arce has more from Los Angeles. According to Border Patrol statistics, some 120,000 Central American migrants were apprehended for crossing into the U.S. without permission since January 2014. Many unaccompanied children were released to family members after media reports revealed images of dozens of children incarcerated in small concrete rooms. Ulyssa Arceo with Stop Separating Families said the newcomers are not immigrants but refugees. Under our country's laws, there is a process for them to seek asylum. That process is not being followed. We are asking three-year-old children to represent themselves in front of an immigration judge. United Teachers of Los Angeles union organizers will now have access to Alliance Charter School teachers after an administrative law judge found that Alliance Charter Schools was violating California's Educational Employment Rights Act. Attorney Jesus Quinones. They go to basic issues of the organizing rights of UTLA and the organizing rights of Alliance educators, and it reflects a very well-coordinated campaign across all 27 Alliance rules to block organizing in violation of law. The National Labor Relations Board says there's merit in the labor law violations charges filed by Tara Zumer against WeWork. The NLRB says that the office leasing startup company violated worker rights. WeWork broke labor law, according to the NLRB, by firing Zumer when she used legally protected labor rights. Zumer refused to sign an arbitration agreement as a condition of employment, that arbitration clause stripped workers of their rights to go to the NLRB or to court to allege labor violations. The Labor Board says that WeWork's use of that arbitration clause is itself illegal. Zoomer says she's thankful that the NLRB is investigating WeWork. I've never actually understood my rights as a citizen so much until this experience. They're so important when they are threatened and people do need to know that they can stand up for themselves in the work environment and really for, for their lives. The minimum wage in Washington 
D.C. is headed up to $15 an hour by 2020. The D.C. City Council unanimously approved the $15 wage. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser says that she will sign the council's $15 minimum wage ordinance. The $15 wage will be phased in between now and 2020, and it will be tied to inflation. The current minimum in Washington, D.C. is $10.50 an hour. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Stay away from the White House. Stay away, I wish you well. Stay away from the White House. Stay away, I wish you well. Stay away from the White House or you'll go to Vajrahel. Stay away from New York City. It costs money to live there. Stay away from the country. The banks own all the air. Stay away from their electric, it'll whiten your beard hair. Stay away from smoking cigarettes, stay away, stay away. Stay your hand from off your Marlboro, stay away, stay away. Stay away from nicotine and beer, it'll make you old and gay. Stay away from fucking broomsticks, it'll give you syphilis. Stay away from fucking rubber dolls, even if they got big tits. Stay away from 14-year-old boys, fuck them once, they call it quits. Stay away, stay away, oh yes, yes, stay away from eating chemical donuts for breakfast yesterday. Stay away from living death, though the army gives good pay. Stay away from capitalism and the boss's CIA. Stay away from oil industry, they rob your energy. Stay away from secret policemen when he calls you out to play. Stay away from Satan in the good old USA. Stay away from eating meatballs while the Wall Street Dodgers play. Stay away from the White House this year, wish you a fine day. Stay away, stay away, away from all that jive. Ripping off the niggers just to keep the band alive. Yeah, ripping off the nigger, how us white musicians thrive. Stay away from all them Jew boys with their Zionist delights. Stay away from all them Christians calling all them Jew boys kikes. Stay away from all them prophets, they'll get you into fights. Stay away from all them Arabs with that murder on their mind. Stay away from State Department, they'll bow and scrape you blind. Stay away from Rockefeller, he blows up an oily wind. Stay away from Richard Nixon, he'll get you all in jail. He'll kick you and he'll punch you and he'll make your vision fail. And while he's got you staying away from the White House, he will wail. Oh, stay away from my White House, I got it all my own. You can hear it in the basement, all them singing plumbers groan. Stay away, oh, all you Democrats, except the hawks I've known. You can come into my White House, Senator Jackson Hawk. You're the one that loves the Army. Billions you will balk. Mr. Ford and CIA Bush, right in my door you walk. 
stay away from nirvana your ambition makes you blind stay away from brahmaloka you can only grasp the wind stay away from every heaven you'll wake up in sovereign mind come down yeah come down to earth right here on avenue c and 10th street make your mind i see clear come down to earth merry christmas and i wish you a happy wanted to make, getting back to Indonesia. Angela Davis sneaking in there. That was um, after the Win Labor Report, we had uh, Allen Ginsberg with his song Stay Away to the accompaniment of a, of a banjo. Here's uh, Radio Labor's report. Radio Labor will give us a world perspective on what's happening in the labor movement. Radio Labor. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, June 10th, 2016. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, a global survey released by the International Trade Union Confederation shows increasing disrespect for human rights, including the right to join a union. In the Philippines, employers are using short-term contracts for multiple employees to fill long-term jobs. And the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. Respect for human rights such as freedom of association in unions and collective bargaining has dramatically decreased over the past year. A major survey by the International Trade Union Confederation released June 9th shows that many governments are helping corporations deny basic human rights to their employees. The ITUC is the organization which represents national union centers at the world level. Sharon Burrow is the ITUC's general secretary. There is a war against workers in the world. When you look at the survey today, the shocking thing is that the restrictions on freedom of speech and assembly, including really severe crackdowns, I'm talking violence, um, arrests, sadly in some cases still shootings, and those restrictions on freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of association, actually increased by 22%. 50 of the 141 countries in our survey recorded restrictions on freedom. This is an extraordinary situation where governments are not even taking responsibility for the rule of law that would protect the very fundamental rights of working people. I have to tell you that the Middle East and North Africa were again the worst regions for working people, with the kafala system in the Gulf states still enslaving millions of workers. If you look 
at the global labour market, you know the statistics we use. 60% of workers are in the formal economy, but more than half of them are in insecure or unsafe work. 40% of our brothers and sisters, and it's growing, are in the informal economy, a sector of desperation where they have no social security, no minimum wages, and no uh, rights or access to the rule of law. Most of them have no social protection at all, more than 70% of our brothers and sisters. But 45 million workers around the world are in slavery in 2016. Well, I have to tell you the 10 worst countries for working people. I don't think any of you will be surprised. Belarus, China, Colombia, Cambodia, Guatemala, India, Iran, Qatar, Turkey and the UAE. Now, that's an, an arbitrary cut-off because the next 10 and the next 10 aren't so much uh, uh, better. But these countries represent everything that is wrong with the world for workers. Out of 141 countries, the number in which workers are exposed to physical violence and threats increased by 44%, from 36 to 52 countries. That's a huge increase in one year. And unionists were murdered, sadly still, in 11 countries, including Chile, Colombia, Egypt, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Iran, Mexico, Peru, South Africa and Turkey. I have my sister on the right, the sister from DISC, from Turkey, Saski, and frankly, Turkey is now becoming a police state. People are not safe in their communities. Workers are punished for taking what we would consider normal industrial action against employers who refuse to negotiate or to indeed respect the laws, the labour laws that exist. So this is the state of the world. One of the countries singled out in the ITUC's Global Rights Index was the Philippines. A central issue for workers in that country is the use of repeated short-term contracts involving many people instead of giving one employee a permanent job. Sonny Matula is the president of the Federation of Free Workers in the Philippines. Uh, the issue of contractual labor or the lack of security of tenure is uh, a very crucial issue in the Philippines, particularly among workers. The popular 555 employment arrangement is very rampant, though it is prohibited by law. What do you mean by 555? There is a permanent job. But the workers is given five-month contract. But after the end of the five-month contract, he is replaced by another worker with a five-month contract with the same job. And this uh, second worker, after the end of the five months, then he is replaced by a third worker to work on that permanent job. So it appears that the employers we're just circumventing the law on security of tenure. And this contractual arrangement is being in, uh, done by a lot of employers. In the Philippines, uh, 
a number or majority of the collective bargaining agreements uh, covers or covered uh, only regular workers. So if you are a contractual worker, you cannot be included in these uh, collective bargaining units which only covered regular workers. Other than that, the engagement of manpower agency which has no sufficient capital. The supply workers to a multinational company, and these workers are not considered as workers of the multinational company, but the agency or cooperative. They are members of the cooperative, and this also deprive the workers working in these multinational companies of their right to security of tenure. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the more than 2,200 stories our volunteers collected in the last week. Our top stories section included links to news about a report detailing the 10 worst countries to be a worker in, a remarkable strike by North Korean workers in Kuwait, and the announcement of a strike date for over a million railway workers in India. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Workers at Air Tahiti ended their three-week-long strike over job security with a victory. Egyptian workers at a state-owned garment factory vowed to stop work until they are paid the back wages owed to them. And university support staff in Pakistan started an unlimited strike this week in an effort to force their employer to address their bargaining demands, while teachers in that country ended their sit-in strike until the end of Ramadan. Stories collected on our Working Women page included the targeting of women journalists in Somalia for assassination the union campaign that finally convinced the Malawi government to act to rescue 20 women domestic workers in Kuwait, and a U.S. court ruling that the national women's soccer team does not have the right to strike. Our health and safety newswire carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the campaign by an ambulance workers union in Canada to supply post-traumatic stress disorder service dogs to members suffering from PTSD and demands for improved safety and hazardous duty pay by Pakistani electricity workers. Currently, Labor Start is running seven online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor from Port Union, Newfoundland, the only union-founded and union-built town in Canada. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Art Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Okay, that was our international labor report. And as we always say, uh, this program is dedicated to those 2,500 workers who will die today because of job-related causes or on-the-job <clears throat> mishaps.
occurrences. Looking in the U.S., that number is 150. 150 workers will die today because of job-related causes or incidents. Remember, you're never alone except when you don't stand up. Let's get a look. Some other world news today. Um, this one just came in. This is brand new. Swedish pilots go on strike. 40 flights suspended. Some 3,000 to 4,000 passengers are expected to be affected by a strike involving 400 members of the Swedish Pilots Union. The move comes as talks with the SAS airline over safety, safety, excuse me, over salary adjustments and greater job security failed on Friday evening. The airline this week barely dodged a pilot strike in Norway, where a union representing 435 SAS pilots agreed with the airline late on Thursday. So they settled that one, but this other one is current. What's going on in France? I'm on the Labor Notes website and it says, Strike Sweep France, Opposing Labor Law Rollbacks. Just as the tourist season is starting in France, strikes are preventing half the trains from running. Fuel is in short supply as workers blockade oil refineries. The news is full of riots, burning tires, and police attacking protesters. Strikes across multiple industries are shutting down transportation across France as workers protest a labor reform bill that would strip them of certain basic rights, such as ceilings on overtime hours and job security. Under current law, workers in both the public and private sectors enjoy certain basic rights. A 35-hour week job security and overtime premiums of 25% to 50% are among the items that are considered basic worker rights and thus guaranteed by national law. Under the proposed law changes, these rights would no longer be guaranteed. Instead, employers would negotiate them with unions or with individual non-union work workers. In the case of overtime premiums, the employer would be allowed to negotiate down to as little as 10%. So if you work, you're making $10 an hour and you're doing overtime, they, before you might get as high as $15 for overtime, time and a half which is standard. Under this law, you could go as low as uh, $11. Just an extra, what, 10% per hour. 
Workers and student allies are reacting to the proposed reforms with a militant energy that has revitalized labor. Even though union membership in France is down to just 8%, and even though the strikes have disrupted commuters, polls have repeatedly shown public support at 50 to 70%. Okay, workers in France, as always, capital tries to take away what you have and leave you with less. And if you compromise with them, they'll come back and again and ask you to take less than that and less than that and less than that. And they'll cry that they don't have enough money, even though their profits are in the millions or billions. They'll cry that they have to pay their shareholders. Well, who's more important? Certainly, if you buy a share of a company, you're entitled to something if the company does well. But who's more entitled, the workers or the shareholders? I would argue the workers are, because without the workers, you don't have a company. All right, now this one is billed as a hip-hop version of Solidarity Forever. Um, Ralph Chaplin, the... the uh, IWW poet, wrote this song, I... Solidarity Forever, and this is billed as a hip-hop version. Let's listen up by Ted James. Billions of 
they never told to earn But without our minds and muscle, not a single will can turn We can break the hottie power, gain a freedom when we learn That our voice will bring down showers till the grease ceases to burn With our hands we built a movement greater than the hoarded gold Greater than the mighty armies magnified a thousand fold Watch us as we birth the new world from the ashes of the old Share the wealth, disperse the riches, mighty union, we are bold, bold. <laughs> was a hip-hop version of Solidarity Forever, the famous song by Ralph Chaplin, socialist, IWW poet. Have some more of that. How about some Tupac? This is uh, Changes. Uh, it ain't a secret of the seal, the fact of penitentiary's back 
and it's filled with blacks. But some things will never change. Try to show another way, but staying in the dope game. Now tell me what's a mother to do? Being real don't appeal to the brother in you. You gotta operate the easy way. I made a G today. But you made it in a sleazy way. Sell a crack to the kid. I gotta get paid. Well, hey, well that's the way it is. Come on. Come on. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same That's just the way it is Oh yeah Damn it. That's just the way it is Things will never be the same That's just the way it is Oh yeah We gotta make a change Shouldn't have to run from a black man, cause that's 
Okay, a nice uh, divergence there into uh, some hip-hop. Again, the uh, mythology is that hip-hop is not socially responsible. There are no hip-hop protest songs. Well, that is completely wrong, beginning with uh, The Jungle by uh, Grandmaster Flash in 1979, I believe. Anyway, if you look into hip-hop at all, you'll see that it's uh, very hip politically. The statements are raw, they come out of experience, and they're angry, as we all should be. So we lost another <clears throat> very important person this week, Helen Fabella Chavez. She died uh, on June the 6th. Helen Chavez, who do you say that? Who's that? Well, let's talk a little about it. Um, Cesar Chavez, her husband, has come in for a lot of criticism, both while he was alive and, and after he died in 1993. And uh, people say, oh, well, he um, kept the Union Central. He didn't have uh, election, local elections at the sites. He only trusted people in his family. He was a uh, rampant, at times, anti-communist. Um, all these things are more or less true, but, but what I always say is, okay, you get in your 49 Dodge or whatever car he had and drive around California and organize farm workers, you know? Living room meeting by living room meeting church meeting by church meeting, going to talk to people wherever they were about a union. And this was not the first time that farm workers had attempted to unionize and make their lives better. Uh, beginning in 1826 with Indians at the uh, <clears throat> San Juan Capistrano mission who stopped working because they were being treated too badly. Of course, this type of resistance goes back to the very first time the very pers first person was hired to work the very first job. At any rate, Chavez did that, but that's only part of the story because in stories like this, hero stories, for example, about Cesar Chavez, we tend to forget about the people who did things that made him possible to be a hero. And Helen Fabella Chavez was one of those people. She was born in 1928 
in Brawley, California. Uh, her parents had come from San Jacinto, Sombrete, Mexico, and San Jacinto. They met when they came to uh, the U.S. after the Mexican Revolution and eventually married in Los Angeles, California. Both worked as migrant laborers, so Helen knew from the very beginning the campesino life. Uh, When she was 15 and her father died, she left high school to support her family, mother, two sisters, and four brothers, of whom she was the eldest. She worked in a grocery store and eventually made her way to working in the fields and vineyards full-time. She met Cesar Chavez in 1942 when she was 14 years old and still in high school in Delano, California. When he came back from his service in World War II as a ship's cook, which he hated, he began spending more time with her. She said later that they dated inexpensively, walking in the moonlight or perhaps a movie. And it was at one of these movies where Chavez, who was in uniform and in the Navy at the time, was uh, denied seating in the white section of... uh, the movie theater. He was taken to, he was arrested and taken to the sheriff, but there was no charge. Uh, segregation in California was usually de facto instead of uh, institutionalized in the law, although just as effective and maintained by terror as was the uh, apartheid system in the South. They were married in a civil ceremony in 1948, at the time she was 20 years old, married in a church wedding in San Jose, and enjoyed a two-week honeymoon before settling into their new lives together. Although she was trying to start her own family, she remained the main source of income for her siblings and parents. And they settled permanently in Delano. The two of them grew to a family of 10 over the next decade, with a total addition of eight children. Now, that's some work right there. Helen Chavez was influenced from a very young age because of her father's involvement in the Mexican Revolution. Her role was juggling the competing demands of family life, sexual division of labor, and protest. Chavez and Helen were very traditional in their approach to uh, to the sexual division of labor. Chavez was persuaded by Helen to be to join, be a CSO organizer. That's when he met Fred Ross, and at first uh, turned him down because he was white. Um, Her involvement, Helen's involvement in CSO activities is often overshadowed by her husband's political involvement. 
although the volunteerism of Helen Chavez and other women behind the scenes made the CSO one of the most successful associations for Mexican-Americans in California at that time. Now, all the time while Cesar was out organizing or when Cesar was leading um, marches or when Cesar was... uh, encouraging people to come out on strike in the fields. Helen Chavez was working to support her family. She also taught literacy classes for migrant workers during voting drives and later assisted people in gaining U.S. citizenship. So, Helen Chavez worked behind the scene as all people, all All prominent figures have people working behind the scenes, and most of the time, they're women. Uh, Her experience working in the fields made her an invaluable part of the spirit of the movement. And there, there were times where she did go out on the picket line and get arrested, as depicted in the movie about Cesar Chavez. On June 6, 2016, Helen Chavez died at a Bakersfield hospital at the age of 88. She had been fighting an unspecified infection. They also serve, who raise the kids, they also serve those who keep food on the table for their families. They also serve who participate in picket lines and put themselves on the line. Helen Chavez, an important figure in the California labor movement. I want to go over those, those uh, rap songs. I didn't really say much about them, but uh, first of all, we had Tupac's Changes about how we got to make changes if we're going to live together peacefully. Public in, um, sorry, stop the violence movement about self-destruction. The argument that we made last week about why do workers go out and kill themselves? Why should a worker go out and kill another worker just because he's from a, or she is from another country? The same thing goes in the neighborhoods. <clears throat> Stop the Violence Movement, uh, MC Light, Cool Mo D, Heavy D, talking about how the neighborhood is going to destroy itself. Why do we go out and kill our own? Why do young black men go out and kill one another, or young Latino men, or young white men go out and kill each other on the street when the real enemy is elsewhere Helen Fabella Chavez this is the B and we're coming at you from Mutiny Radio the labor and love show Mutiny Radio social justice radio for the Bay and beyond here's a little more rap this is Freedom of Speech by Immortal Technique, who's uh, 
Peruvian guy who was raised in Harlem. Here he comes. My fam, 40,000 records sold, 400 grand, fuck a middleman, I won't pay anyone else, I'll bootleg it and sell it to the streets myself, I'd rather be that than signed and stuck on a shelf, and because of this executives try to diss me, fuck yeah. racism frozen in time like Walt Disney, and now they say they want to get me signed to the majors, if I switch up my politics and change my behavior, huh. trying to tell me what the rhyme about, over the beat, bitch niggas that never spent a day in the street, but I repeat that, nobody can hold my reins, I put the truth on tracks, niggas, simple and plain. I guess to America, I'm a disaster. Oh, no. A slave that was destined to own his masters. Independent in every single sense of the word. I say what I want, you fucking little sensitive herb. This is America. I thought we had freedom of speech. But now you want to try to control the way that I speak. And O'Reilly, you think you a patriot? Yeah, right. You ain't nothing but a motherfucking racist bitch. Full of hatred, pressing a button, trying to eject me. But I don't got no motherfucking deal with Pepsi. No corporate sponsor telling me what to do. Asking me to tone it down during the interview. Try to minimize the issue but I'm keeping it large I love the place I live but I hate the people in charge speaking is hard when you got strings attached so I'ma say it for you cause I don't got none of that and if you didn't understand what I spit at your brain hey yo son let this little nigga explain Come on, son, y'all niggas know the way that I do. Immortaltechnique.com live for you. And I know sometimes it be making you nervous. The way I smash puppet rappers that belong in a circus. You motherfuckers just can't compare. Looking for a fan base that's no longer there. I know that you're scared and you're hiding up in the cut. But this is freedom of speech, nigga. Tell them what's up. Word, nigga. Fuck John Ashcroft. Nigga, fuck Fox News. Fuck those snake ass bitches trying to manipulate your opinion, telling you what to think. Word the fuck up, nigga. Like we invaded niggas, cause we wanna free them. You racist motherfucker. You don't give a shit about those people. You can suck my dick. <laughs> relax, tech, relax. Another Robin Coke at the bar, nigga. It's my day off. Word up. Fuck. For the kids. Ah, for the kids. Immortal Technique, um, and his song was Freedom of Speech. Immortal Technique, a Peruvian raised in Harlem. So I want to play a song now by a young woman from uh, 
San Isidro. And uh, I will do that, but I want to preface it with a little bit of opinion about a case that's really gaining a lot of attention. The case of uh, Brian Turner. Brian Turner, in case you don't know, <laughs> is a, a young man from Ohio, 20-year-old guy from Ohio who was a champion champion swimmer and went to Stanford University um, in January he was caught in the act of raping uh, an unconscious woman uh, behind a dumpster two young Swedish guys, students who were riding around on their bicycles, saw what was happening, saw that the woman was not responding, and approached Brian, Brian Turner while he was at his grisly task. He tried to run away, but they tackled him. He was event eventually charged with rape and convicted of rape. And uh, the judge, Aaron Persky, uh, could have put him into, in jail for uh, up to six years. Instead gave him a six-month sentence, which with good behavior is reduced to three months. This prompted the victim, who uh, has elected to remain nameless, and anonymous to write a letter, a 13 page letter, which you can find on the web. Uh, I guess if you put in your search engine, Brian Turner, you'll be uh, able to find that letter. The letter has been heard now by tens of thousands of people. It's a very eloquent eloquent, carefully worded uh, statement of a rape victim and what rape has done to her and how outraged she and other people are at this miscarriage of justice that this judge sympathized with the young man. The young man wrote a letter pleading with the judge and saying that he'd never been involved with drugs or alcohol before. He's just a kid from Ohio and he didn't realize the force that alcohol had. But this is also a, a lie. He, there are numerous um, emails back and forth with his friends about taking LSD, about taking various drugs, about drinking. The judge knew this, and the judge ruled that he didn't want jail time to hurt this young man's chances. He's a good young man. He deserves another chance. The lightest sentence possible he gave him.
Um, since then, this, the woman's letter has gone viral, as has Brian Turner's father's assertion that it's unfair that he should get so much jail time, we're talking about three months in reality here, for 20 minutes of action. Perhaps, as a white person, perhaps, I'm more willing to give him the benefit of the doubt than not. I can't believe that anyone could be so tone deaf, even if it wasn't sincere in, in trying to get leniency from the judge, as to say this was 20 minutes of action, raping an unconscious woman. Uh, I, I don't quite know what to say, except the comment that one, one uh, woman, in fact, a lawyer who, who is heading a recall campaign against Judge Persky, if you look on the uh, Democracy Now! website, uh, you'll see. Uh, she's organizing a campaign. But anyway, she said it, what's amazing is that it came to trial anyway. Only 8% of alleged rapes against uh, men or women, mostly women, of course, ever come to, to trial, let alone uh, a trial that fits the crime. So this is an outrage. Uh... This is the male, the judge, of course, is a Stanford graduate himself. So what you've got is the Bruderboon, the male, um, I don't want to say plot, but the rape culture. And as we know, or as we should know, rape is a political act of subjugation to remind women what their place is to remind them that one of those most valuable functions is to be a sex partner and if that needs to be imposed on them by force they need to be beaten or forced so be it unfortunately uh Judge Persky has uh, played right into that. Um, there was a prior case that he, where he decided uh, for the defense in a rape trial. Uh, in that case, the woman's um, seven guys had jumped on a woman at Danza College. Three guys came in and stopped it. They said she had vomited. They said she was not, it wasn't voluntary. Um, these seven guys were tried and the DA didn't want to uh, indict them. The DA didn't indict them. So in the civil trial, the young woman, the victim of this gang rape 
was seen, um, her lawyers claimed that she had been, you know, irreparably damaged. She had been separated from her society, and allegedly she was seen in a a video on Facebook, uh, dressed in scantily dressed and. some sort of playful guy was straddling her and she was laughing and the judge used this evidence to decide in favor of the defendants in other words they were not charged with any crime they were not charged any money or any didn't have to pay any damages which again takes away from the act of rape itself. The young woman was raped (laughs) by seven guys. Now, does that mean, assuming it's true, does that mean that she can't live her life and be who she wants to be? If she wants to be promiscuous, if she wants to go around in silk tights and be with guys, Willingly, what does that mean? That means that she can't do that. And as people on the internet say, well, she can't do that and claim that she's been really damaged. And well, of course she can. She can claim anything she wants. She didn't give her consent. That's what rape is. So, uh, I met a young woman in San Isidro, and she has a song. And I'm looking for it right now. Let's listen to the Las Cafeteras while I find that song. This is uh, La Pamba Rebelde.
arriba y arriba. Ay, arriba, y arriba, y arriba. Ey, yo no soy de la migra. Yo no soy de la migra. Ni lo seré, ni lo seré, ni lo seré.